and welcome to Doing Disasters Differently, the podcast with Renee Hanvin, which is all about inspiring you to start thinking and doing disasters a little bit differently too. In this episode, I'm talking with Jen Donovan from Buy From a Bush Business and Spend With Us, and we're talking about getting Australians to support regional businesses. Now, a little bit about Jen. Jen is a social media and marketing mentor and business coach, a change maker and a social entrepreneur. Jen has two businesses, Social Media and Marketing Australia, that support small businesses with marketing education and inspiration, and Spend With Us, or buy from a bush business marketplace that supports rural and regional small businesses with sales and brand awareness. So think Amazon, but only for rural and regional small businesses. Now, I like to start with where we met. So I was introduced to Jen by Joyce, who does a lot of our social media content, as she'd connected with Jen and thought we absolutely needed to meet. We had a really great Zoom, as you do these days, and it was really interesting to hear not only her story about setting up Buy From A Bush Business and Spend With Us, but also about the amazing stories of the regional businesses that her initiative is supporting. I can't wait for Jen to share some of them with you. Jen, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much. Now let's start with, tell me all about Buy From A Bush Business and Spend With Us. So where did the ideas come from and how has it evolved? Yeah, look, they're probably similar concept, but different concepts. So Buy From A Bush Business was something that uh, basically in my other life, I'm a social media and marketing coach and mentor. And pre-pandemic, I used to travel <laughs> around quite a lot, you know, the Riverina of New South Wales and sort of Northeast Victoria and all that sort of thing. And this particular week, uh, it was the end of October 2019. Um, if you can remember back that far, we were ravished by drought back then. It's hard to believe looking at the green crops and that you know two years on but we were really ravaged by drought and buy from the bush was a trending hashtag on Instagram but there's one thing a lot of small business owners especially uh, in very rural areas they really don't get Instagram and they didn't quite know how to use a hashtag or what it meant and these were the questions I heard all week because I was doing this tour around. I was going to Naranda and Hay and Leeton and a few real um, sort of classic outback sort of towns. And so on the way home, I thought to myself, I could start a Facebook group because everyone knows how to use Facebook. Everyone knows how to post into a Facebook group. So I came home on the Friday, opened up a Facebook group, called it Buy From Bush Business and invited my friends and my clients and it just kind of took off. And I really, I would really love to have taken more notice back then, but because I just did it as a whim off the cuff, I really didn't take much notice as to what I was building or have any strategy as far as business went or anything like that. So I think the community aspect was the part that really took hold of people. Um, and so it just grew and it grew organically as in, you know, I would invite you, you would invite your friends, your friend was invite their friends and before I knew it like I think before Christmas which was you know just under two months there was like a hundred thousand people in there buying and selling going on and it was just amazing um and so now like that's just ticked over two years old and I think it's got 350,000 people in it now that, um, you know, about five, 500 transactions a day go through there. It's just an enormous moving beast. Um, and Sarah and Lauren started Spend With Us. So they started that through the bushfires of 2019, 2020. 
Um, and it was basically an online marketplace to try and help the people that were going through the bushfires that could no longer have visitors, could no longer have foot traffic into their towns. And that just wasn't where the fires were burning. Like we were an hour and a half away from the fires and we could barely see. So goodness knows what it looked like when you were actually up you know, in the fires. So they started that and helped, you know, several hundred small businesses that way. Um, And the one thing about my group, I know I'm babbling, sorry, but the one thing about my group was it was so busy. So I thought I really need to help these small business owners who are falling to the bottom really quickly because there are just so many posts. So I actually considered starting a marketplace of my own. And as I went down it, um, you know, I have another business, which is, you know, um, also a very big business as well. And I thought, I just can't handle it. So I reached out to the girls that's been with us. I said, you know, you're interested in doing, you know, a collaboration or working together. And so we actually started a company together. We'd never met and we'd only ever met over Zoom. We've only met once in two years or in 18 months. And that was in March this year. We were lucky enough to sneak in a meeting in Melbourne when they weren't in lockdown. Um, and so that's what you see today. You know, we've got a marketplace. So it's kind of like Amazon, but it's only support rural and regional Australian small businesses and we have the Facebook group. So what I love from that is not only that it was just a an idea that you literally had on a whim that took off that obviously was delivering to a need and everything I love doing and I think is just the most important thing to do is that needs led. So you, you, you started something, you identified there was a need and then the best part is that you collaborated. So rather than starting another thing and again, I get it, running a business is hard work yeah. and then running two or three others at the same time. But if something's already working, collaborating, I mean, that's amazing that you've found these, you know, um, unassuming kind of partners and you've come together I know all about having not met people because I'm <laughs> hopefully meeting a few of my team members um, in New South Wales in the coming weeks with all the lockdowns and that. But, yeah. I mean, how amazing that you've brought all your skills together, your passion and commitment for the outcome into like what a successful, you know, initiative. Like that's awesome, Jen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, look, I think the girls, uh, Lauren and Sarah, who are now my business partners, I think they were a little bit hesitant to start with because they certainly, when they started Spend With Us, they tried to do some collaborations with people, but people were like, no, no, I want to do my own thing. So, of course, when I rock up with this big, enormous Facebook group going, help would you like to do something with me? I think they're a little bit like, what? This person wants to collaborate. But, you know, you're so right. It was already working for them. So why reinvent the wheel? Why not just try and, you know, collaborate with someone? And, um, yeah, absolutely. See a need, solve a problem was basically how we both started, uh, even though we didn't know each other at the time. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we are, we're collaborating collaborating with people almost every day and meeting new amazing people like yourself every day. And I think that's what we, you know, we need to do in Australia, not setting Mm -hmm. up that kind of, you know, chasing the funding or, you know, resilience being the new buzzword. It's let's look at, you know, those who are doing stuff and who've been doing things in the space and, you know, come together and support each other. Cause I tell you, there's enough in the resilience and, you know, supporting regional community pie that we can all, um, you know, have our piece of it, but the more we can do together and support each other, then it's going to have the better outcomes. Mm. Now I'm going to talk to you about the digital literacy levels of businesses, which you highlighted on in a minute, Mm -hmm. but first I really, 
really want you to share, last time we spoke, you mentioned a few stories about um, how rural and regional businesses had gone from side hustles, you know, setting up little side hustle things to becoming their major incomes because of connecting into your website and socials. And clearly there's been the drought, there's been the COVID lockdowns, there's been the fires. So can you tell me a couple of those stories? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess when you sort of take it back a step, you know, if you think of the traditional rural people, quite often, you know, especially farmers, you know, the farm is the major income earner when it's working really well. So lots of farmers' wives um, had side hustles, you know, and they might make something or, and, you know, their sister might buy it or their best friends might buy it or something, or they might take it to a market once a year. But of course, you know, when things were really severe and severe droughts, they had to become the income earners. So there was lots of people who had these, they weren't even side hustles. They were almost like a hobby and they, you know, decided that they would give it a go and put it on to, uh, you know, buy from a bush business, mark, um, you know, Facebook group and see how it went. So, and of course, you know, the world then or Australia then wanted to buy it, which shocked a lot of them. And one story that comes to mind is um, Amy, who has a Quinton Park alpacas. So she lives up near Dubbo um, in a little place called Tommingley, I believe. And I've managed to actually on a quick holiday go and meet her so she's one of the very few that I've actually got to meet face to face but uh, I remember her she makes um, things out of alpaca fibers so she calls them alpaca flowers which is basically a ball of alpaca wool on some wire in some vases and she made these things up you know uh, just to sort of try and get some income because the farm was suffering so bad and this particular week she contacted me and she said I've just got to tell you this story. I put up a post on Buy From A Bush Business and she said, I have earned more money than my husband did selling a trailer load of sheep this week. Wow. And she said, that is just mind-blowing. Wow. And her business has just gone from strength to strength. In fact, now Quinton Alpaca's um is actually a place that you can go and get married at and go and visit. And she's kind of opened up the gates to the farm as that second income, which all started with just sort of how can I earn some more income because the farm just isn't doing it for us anymore. And I just think that is such a great story. I love it on so many levels, but I love the fact that Australia embraced her. Australia was like, oh my goodness, what are these things? I need them. And she said, you know, originally they were using the river sand in the vases, you know, to put the alpaca flowers in. She's like, I'm going to use all the river sand if I'm not careful. I need a different idea. Because <laughs> of course the rivers were dry. There was no water in the rivers because they were in drought. And she's like, the river's going to be 10 foot deep if I don't oh. stop doing this. <laughs> I love that. Do you know what? I, I often use a term that, you know, Albert Einstein, I think, said about from every crisis comes opportunity. Mm. And I think for, um, for some business owners, the COVID and then the, you know, drought and the bushfires has just really set them up for success. And that's a beautiful story. Well, um, yeah, I'm going to have to put them on my list and 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 go and visit her as well because I think, you know, what you're offering though is I guess just that glimmer of um, that business savvy side of it so they can just keep doing their hobbies or side hustles now and, again, having them evolve it into new revenue streams. I mean, how amazing for that family and that community. That's mm-hmm. That's awesome. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, the the fact that, you know, now she's hired people who help her work, you know, the alpaca business, you know, whether it's like building the craft or, you know, doing the day, having visitors and taking them around, um, you know, showing them alpacas and talking to them. So she's put employment back into her community. She's put, you know, and that's what I love. And that's the thing that really lights me up is, you know, yes, I've got a marketplace. Yes, I've got a Facebook group, but it's the community that I want and it's the giving back to all the communities. And one of the other little stories that I have is a CWA lady who was selling the CWA cookbooks uh, through Buy From a Bush Business um, leading into Christmas 2019, I think it was, when we very first started. She sold enough cookbooks that they got a new playground for the town. Oh, like, wow. That's just incredible to think that my little thought on the way home from Hay created something that has enabled a new community, a community to get a new playground. I so love that. And Jen, I think you and I, again, we've met a few times and I think we're kind of two peas in a similar pot in many ways. <laughs> yeah. So we've got that same social purpose and, you know, we, we, I guess, you know, I thrive on um, the change and the outcomes that I can deliver to others who are needing it in the disaster space. And, you know, you're obviously clearly exactly the same. And that's the same for me. You know, it's those little stories and the difference that you can make by the simple things, those simple small steps that you can introduce to a business owner, you know, ultimately small business owner that literally is life-changing. Mm. Wow. Now, I was going to ask, um, on your Facebook page, it says, and I love this quote, let's put the bush back on their feet one purchase at a time. So we've probably talked a little bit about this, but given how tough so many communities and business communities have had it over the past two years in particular, but before that too, how have you noticed regional businesses successfully adapting? So I know that was a sort of story about a pivot, but what are the other things? Are they becoming a bit more digitally literate or what What else are they kind of doing? Yeah, I think they... Uh- COVID in particular, um, which is a different type of disaster to bushfires and drought, that has really forced the hand of a lot of small business owners to get online. Mind you, my best friend has an extremely successful business, bricks and mortar, and she's not online at all. So it can still be done not online, but I think a lot of people have been forced online simply because so much of rural and regional Australia does rely on the tourism trade at different times times of the year so that hasn't had or that hasn't been able to happen um so they've really kind of I think they have embraced that online which I guess is the purpose of spend with us being a marketplace is making that easy because there's one thing I know as a marketing coach and mentor is that if you build a website they don't come like you know it's a bit (laughs) of a furphy of you know build it and they will come it's just like that's stage one then you have to market and get traffic and not only traffic qualified traffic that have money to spend so that's kind of like the pains I guess that the marketplace can take away we have traffic you know you can set up a store in like five or ten minutes you know and you've got a support of a community behind you not just us but you know the other thousand small business owners who are just like you on the platform so I think they have really they've had to I think Australia Post um, put out some stats the other day to say that we have caught up to Europe and US. Basically, we're 18 months behind as online spenders and the pandemic has seen us caught up. And as much as I think 
people will go back a little bit to shopping bricks and mortar, especially in rural and regional areas. I don't think we'll ever stop shopping online like we have been. So I think more and more people do need to become, you know, a little bit more digitally literate. And it's tough if you don't know, like so many of our clients and customers technology happened to them a little bit you and I we didn't grow up with technology it happened to us and we either embraced it or we ignored it Um, but I don't think you can ignore it any longer yeah agree and as someone who's you know based in Melbourne in one of I think we still have the title of most locked down um, if it was either you know online orders for delivery or online orders for click and collect I think you're you're right the whole way we spend um, is, is different and, you know, absolutely there'll be aspects that go back. In fact, I couldn't wait to get back into a shop and just touch yes. a T-shirt um, <laughs> and then just try it on before I bought it. But um, mm-hmm. alas, yeah, it's so different and particularly from those rural and regional areas. Now, I love your background because you're an ex-conveyancer, an ex-retailer and now a marketing thought leader. So for many small business owners, you've just mentioned the whole thought of going digital is really daunting. So what are the tips that you'd have for those thinking about setting up a free online store with you? Um, I guess they're looking at what you're actually selling for a start. Like there is probably no matter what product you might have in your head, you've probably got a hundred competitors out there. So it's like looking at what you are going to do that's slightly different. How are you going to market yourself differently to other people to stand out from the crowd? You know, I work in a very crowded market. I think there's probably a social media marketing coach for every street of every corner in Australia. Like I'm a dime a dozen, but you know, I need to think about what makes me stand out from the crowd, what makes me different from my competition. And at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to you. Like I'm just seeing a real human to human marketing, I think is just so popular at the moment. And as it should be, I think people, uh, if you head back probably what, five, 10 years, there was a real push of paddock to plate. People wanted to know where their food came from. Uh, And it's still a thing now, but I think it's really weaved itself into small business altogether. So if you're selling candles, people want to know who you are, what you look like. You know, they want to want you to show a bit of personality because they they want that community aspect and they want that connection with who they're buying from now. It's not so much mindless, oh, I'm just going to buy that candle because it smells good because you can't smell it. It's online. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about, I think one of the biggest tips that I can give anyone is, you know, know your client, know your ideal client of who is going to buy your things and understand that you need to show up hiding behind your product or your logo just isn't going to help you build your business in 2021 and beyond do you know what I need to listen to that myself because I've got to be honest I am I just I'm I find getting behind and putting my words and stories out there for social media and you know I'm a small business but I'm clearly out there and you know on social media LinkedIn and whatnot but I find it really uncomfortable and I've had to almost have a conversation with myself over the past 12 months just to say it's actually okay and you know what the knowledge I have and this is I guess the same as the products that you know I mean the alpaca fiber um, floral arrangements you know who'd have thought but again people (laughs) love to hear what I have to say so you know it's you've got to put it out there and there's 
the power to me, I think, is in the storytelling. So yeah. sharing those bits of information about the why and, again, you know, how to come up with it and the, I guess, the accidental, you know, business story. I mean, that that's what you said. It, that's connecting people to each other and, yeah, that's that's the gold dust. It is. Now, it really is, yeah. So I always um, end my questions, which is always the same. So what, and this can be anything at all, what would be the two things that you'd like to be done differently in the disaster space? I've had to have a bit of a think about this question. I guess one of the things that I hold, and it's probably not so much about the disaster space, but I want one of the reasons why I do what I do with Spend With Us Buy From Bush Business is because I'm sick of people only talking about rural and regional Australia when there is a disaster. You know, it's got, we only make the news when there's a flood or a fire or a drought. I want people to understand the absolute talent and amazing businesses that operate in rural and regional Australia. But one of the things I guess that I would like to see done differently, and this is probably very much a personal thing, but again, relates to why I do what I do is, when we were in horrific drought, um, and we're talking horrific, horrific drought, you know, heading back two, three, four years, um, you know, all over the TV, they are, you know, raising millions of dollars and there is, you know, uh, you know all the morning shows are running all these big campaigns and you see the, the thing ticking over, 6 million, 10 million. My community didn't see any of that that I know of. I didn't see any of that as a farmer who was in disaster at the time. So I would like to see more, um, more clarity on where that goes. Like where did all that money go to? Because I don't know one farmer in my district who got it and I don't know, um, and certainly we didn't get any improvements in our district as such. The bushfire money we did um, through uh, the fire brigade and things like that. We certainly saw new equipment and that sort of thing come through for our fire brigade. But that's what I would like. The transparency, I think, is one of the things that I would like to see done differently. I don't know. Is that an answer you expected or not? Maybe that's a bit deep for a podcast. No, 100%. Do you know what? No. Oh, we have all sorts on um, on the podcast. So every every idea is a great idea. And I love, I think that focus of rural and regional in the good times, not just the bad, is absolutely key. And I think mm. given the COVID lockdowns, no doubt about 80% of Melburnians will be moving to the country somewhere. I think certainly they've moved probably, to my town. Well, we <laughs> certainly leaving the state, I think, as soon as we kind of effectively can. Yes. Um, but I, I hope and I agree, I hope that a lot of corporates and businesses, you know, look at um, enabling their um, workers to continue living, living rurally and regionally. But to the same extent, you know, they set up shop in rural and regional towns to kind of really, um, you know, help them to continue to evolve because many of the towns were thriving, you know, a couple of decades ago and then slowly kind of, um, you know, started kind of um, demising. And I think it's a great time now to really re-energise and, and reinvest. And look, the funding, to be honest with you, I could have a whole day forum seminar on funding and where it comes from and why it gives it out and all that kind of stuff. And we probably still wouldn't know half the answers. Yeah. So, but I love, no, I love you put, you've um, pointed that one out because it is, it is important from that grassroots community level, because my opinion is that so much of the funding is led by outputs and it's led by press releases as opposed yeah. to necessarily needs in the communities. And I think that's a big gap and a big area mm. um, of opportunity in Australia. 
Yeah. And no, I love that, you know, you work like yourself that is sort of highlighting that and trying to do disasters differently because they're going to happen. Like at the moment, you know, we're coming out of COVID. Uh, everything's probably too green to burn touch wood this summer, but the next disaster is around the corner. We don't know what it is, but we need to be prepared and we need to do them differently. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Agree. And I have to say one of my most um, just bizarre experiences this year as I was talking to a client and we were doing crisis and reputation management for them and they were concerned about an issue that might put them in the media because of COVID and the earthquake happened. And I literally said, hang on a minute, I'll call you back. And I called her back and I was like, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but it is 2020 and 2021 you're not going to have to worry about being on the front page of the newspaper because an earthquake has just knocked you off, which is so surreal. But as you say, we are in this new area of compound disasters and natural and other disasters and everything has consequences. So, um, you know, initiatives like um, Spend With Us and Buy From A Bush Business is just so fundamental and key and I think there's real longevity in it. So thank you for the amazing leadership and work that you're doing and I'm, yeah, really um, quite excited to have found another. There's a few little uh, kindred spirits out in the world. <laughs> Jen, thanks so much for talking to me today. We've been talking about getting Australians to support regional businesses. We'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Great chat. That's the end of this episode of Doing Disasters Differently, the podcast, which I hope you found to be relevant, informative and inspiring. If you're interested in participating in the conversation or to connect with me personally, please visit corporate2community.com. Until the next episode, stay safe and remember we all have a role to play in thinking differently and doing differently before, during and after disasters. Thank you.